Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the Hall of Fame and pain returns with myself and the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Also, we got my brother from another mother, my tag team partner, fellow Hall of Famer, Devon Dudley, joins us. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the world today. This is the first time we're hearing from Devon in a while, and he's going to give his opinion on... Man, everything we're seeing out there on the news in real life and what he's got to say. Me and Mark are also going to get into some pro wrestling. The conversation continues about who is head and shoulders above the rest in the women's division. Is it Charlotte? Is it Sasha? Is it Asuka? I can't wait till you hear how Mark Henry buries Dave LaGreca. Also talking about the buckle bomb, whether or not it should have been banned. Uh, CM Punk on WWE backstage. Couple calls from the nation. All that and so much more right here on the Busted Open Podcast. Turn that shit up. And now we take the Hall of Fame and pain to the extreme with our guest, WWE Hall of Famer. One half of what? Some say might be the greatest tag team of all time. And current WWE backstage producer, Devon Dudley. Devon, what's going on? How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on? I got a I got an issue with your boy who just said probably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. It's not probably, arguably, whatever. We are the greatest tag team. That's what time. I that's what I try to tell Mark Henry, but he, he argues with me all the time. He says, right. no, you guys are you like know, third or fourth. So that no, Dave, no. Would, Dave would probably fold when uh, Bully <laughs> says shit like that. But, hey, I speak for me. Don't nobody tell me what I said. I never mumbled those words. And if anything, I would think that y'all were the best tag team that ever existed because of, and I'll give you my reason. It's because you were able to not just have a tag team, you had a whole faction of people that got to make a living because of what you and Devon did. So take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it, bully. All right, fine. I'll hit it twice if you want me to. <laughs> Devon, Devon uh, yesterday me and you were on the phone, and we were talking for like an hour 
about everything that's going on in the world today. And we were trying to, we were, we were actually brainstorming a little bit, like what could me and you do as a black man and a white man who was successful together in, in, you know, uh, in, in business, in friendship and everything. Could we do anything to, you know, um, speak for the wrestling community? Like I said, we were just spitballing, brainstorming, and the conversation was going really well. And I just said, stop, let's stop talking. Do you want to come on the show tomorrow and we can talk some more? Because I really wanted to get your opinion on what's going on in the world today. Get your take. I know you haven't gone on social media yet. You really haven't talked about this. So when I, when I spoke to Mark about you coming on, Mark popped huge because he was really excited to have you on. So I'm just going to, kind of leave the floor to you how do you feel about what's going on in the world today what are, what are your takes how would you try to fix things like if if, if devon was in charge you know you know what would happen well first off you know thank you for having me on the show and um being able to express myself and you're right i have not uh done anything uh social media wise uh, to put anything out there, I it, like so many um, other you know African American uh, people that are in the spotlight. It's so hard to stomach what the world has seen with Floyd uh, and you know how his life was taken from him. It's almost hard to put into words and not let anger overcome you and the things that you say. You know, like Floyd's family said, you know, we he didn't want he wouldn't have wanted any of the violent protesting or any looting uh, going on. You know, that's not doing justice in his name. But at the same token, we people have to understand that the frustration that has been going on for so many years with African-Americans over things like this. This is not something that stopped after the 1950s and 60s when Dr. King marched, Jesse Jackson uh, marched, when Malcolm X spoke about the injustice that had been going on with African-Americans over the years. It had not stopped. I said this once and I'll say it again. A lot of the white supremacists, a lot of the um, uh, Klan members pretty much traded in their white sheets, the suits, and a lot of them, as we know, for badges. And that's the way they were hiding. And all these things that now that are coming to the forefront in terms of the injustice that has happened over the decades and years against African-Americans are now being seen and heard. Again, I am in no way, shape, or form condoning anything that has to do with violent protesting, anything that has to do with looting. I'm not condoning that at all, because that is not honoring the memory of George Floyd. It is basically hurting it. But what I am condoning is the pro protest that is going on that is what it's supposed to be, the way Dr. King did it, the way Jesse Jackson did it, you know, where they pe they protested peacefully and they got their message across. What's going on now is something that we have been saying for many, many years. And what I'm happy to say is that now that we have something called video, 
and cameras and things like that that was not done before and that was not seen before, but now is being seen. You can't do anything anymore without it being captured on video. So many different versions of what happened to George during the time when he lost his life are now surfacing. A new video that just surfaced on the fact that George was not resisting in any way, shape, or form, and that he, they, they brought him to the side of one building. They sat him down. He wasn't violent. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't doing anything that would remotely suggest that you take your knee and put it into his neck to hold him down. All these videos, all this stuff that is coming forward, and the, the young brother that lost his life in Georgia because he was jogging along the streets, and all of a sudden two men basically came over, thought he was in the wrong neighborhood because of the skin color, and basically shot him. Why is it that it took so long that it happened in February, and we were now seeing things in March and April about this incident? Now, a lot of people will say because of the pandemic, and that court first and foremost, people's attention. I get that and understand that, but at the same token, a young life was taken, and yet it took so long for this to come uh, and hit the news and now be, now be looked upon as murder, as it should not have happened. These are things that have been happening over the years, over the many, many years to African-Americans, the prejudice, the injustice, and everything else that goes along with it. Now it's being seen. It's sad to say that what's going on in the streets right now, it took this for people to start opening their eyes. One of the things that I am extremely happy about is the fact that not only is it black people that are out there protesting peacefully, but there's also a large majority of white Americans as well. Black lives matter, but also everybody lives matter. And I'm glad to see that we are at least coming together in unity where we didn't have that. It was all when you used to see protests before, you saw maybe one, two, maybe three percent of other um, nationalities coming in for the cause. Now you're seeing a majority all across the board. Devon, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, like I, I, I appreciate your passion and I, 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 I'm right there with you on, on what you're saying, uh, except for the one thing that I have to disagree with is the protesters are completely different than the looters. They're not the same people. They're not the same group. No, the, the, no and the I, looters. I, I, I didn't mean to and, put that in the same category. Just so you okay. know that, I don't want to interrupt you because I know you gave me my time. But that's not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to say was is that some of the loot that and I and I spoke to Bub about this yesterday. The 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 the, the one to three to five to ten percent, however you want to do it, that are doing that. Those are the ones that are being seen. Those are the ones that are being watched and now putting a bad name on yeah. those that are protesting and doing it the right way. And yeah, that's and, the sad part. And you mentioned that the, the people put the hoods away and, and the, uh, the high, the hell Hitler's signs and the, the swastikas away and they adorn uh, the, the, the badges and not all of them. And I, I'm speaking no. kind of like loosely, but 
You, you're right in that sense. There's, a, I mean, I, I grew up at least 10 times in my life I've been put on the ground. And when I, when I say that, it was always on some, boy, what you doing here? Why are you in this neighborhood? Like, what are you doing over here? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm saying this from experience. So mm-hmm. but to, to, make, to make my point is what, what can be done, Devon? I mean, like, what, what do you feel like we should do in order to bring unity uh, to, the, to this whole situation? And, and also, there have always been sympathetics. Dr. King marched with, his, you know, maybe not as many whites as he did blacks, but over time, uh, where I protested this past weekend, there was as many whites as there were blacks, probably more. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So um, and at- there is that. So just tell me what, what should be done. Well, first off, I think we need to get some of the leaders that we have here now. I mean, you know, we don't have Dr. King anymore. We don't have Malcolm X. We don't have some of the great leaders of yesterday that led uh, these peaceful marches and that got, you know, results out of it. Um, You know, we've got people like, you know, and again, you know, people may not agree with his presidency or how, you know, he did things. um, And there were people that did agree with it. But you have Obama who is extremely respected in the African community. Uh, Michelle Obama, same thing. We need leaders um, that are respected in the black community, that black people will listen to and heal and, and, and be able to understand uh, from, from people like Obama and Michelle and so many other you know, African-American leaders that are today. We need to all get together. And basically go out there. You know, uh, Farrakhan did a million man march. How about a million people march in terms of everybody getting together on one accord? And it has to be peacefully. It has to be no doubt about it. One of the greatest things that I think that is going on right now, like you said, Mark, that there are white people now that are listening and going, hey, this is not right. This is truly injustice. And a lot of things now are being, like I said earlier, shown that from now on video that where it wasn't like that before all these things that we were complaining about and protesting about over the years a lot of it was not done it was not done and, and i should say it wasn't seen you know because there were no videos the way we have it today you know every cell phone has a video which can be now exposes a lot of things but i think with all of this stuff that's being exposed i think this is where we all got to pretty much come together and, and, and try to figure out a solution, a solution where we can get the word out. There was a young man that I saw today in Detroit. His name, um, I believe, hold on, let me, let me see if I can get behind the name. Um, he uh, basically, it was uh, Shelton Perez. And uh, he, he basically, 16-year-old kid in Detroit, where he gets on a megaphone And there was a curfew, I guess, in Detroit, and uh, the curfew was 6 p.m. And I think about an hour beforehand, he basically gets on that bullhorn and says, listen, we need to make this as peaceful as possible. We need to make sure that we are off the streets by 6 p.m. 
So nobody is 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 shot with rubber bullets. Nobody is pepper sprayed. Nobody is 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 getting arrested. Let's do this peacefully. Let's do this the way it should be done. And believe it or not, the protesters, uh, where he was at that time, listened to him to the point where it was videotaped. The mayor of the city saw it and actually reached out to that young man and saying, thank you for what he did, because the people actually listened to him. We need more people like him to be able to take the stand and say, listen, I understand you're angry. I understand what you're going through. You know, and as a black man, like you said, we all have our stories, but we don't need to to do this and, and dishonor the people that have lost their lives for things like this. We need to be able to come together in unity the way we're doing and be able to shut this down and to make sure that from this point on, everyone who does things like this, they are going to be held responsible for their actions. Devon, um, Mark just said that about 10 times in his life, he found himself down on the ground. I think one of those times was when we three deed him, but, uh, but I digress. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and, he, and he heard the words out of a cop's mouth of, you know, boy, what are you doing here? And yesterday, mm-hmm. I, told a, yesterday I told a story on the show that we, me and you have been telling this story for years And we've always laughed about it, but all of a sudden, after what happened to George Floyd and all the discussion that's been going on, it kind of took on a different tone and a different meaning. And I'm going to remind you of the story because I know you know what I'm talking about. Remember in Houston? Was this the Houston? It's in Houston. Was this Houston at the Compact Center? Yes. So Houston, Compact Center, you're driving, you're doing about 100 miles an hour, you get pulled over, the cop asked you to get out of the car, you got out of the car, then I got out of the car like five minutes later, and I came to the back by the trunk, and that you and the cop were just talking, and then I think I said to the officer, like, what's the problem, officer? And you looked at me and you said, Bubba, not now, he'll shoot me, he won't shoot you. Yep. Now we mm-hmm. laughed. We've been mm-hmm. laughing. We've been laughing about that story for years, but now, mm-hmm. you know, it it kind of takes on a different, a different meaning and a different tone. Do did you really truly feel that way back then? And like, absolutely. Oh yeah, go ahead, finish. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to feel like how that story could. You know, how could we we can laugh at it then, but now it just doesn't seem to be so laughable because I was by your side for so long. Like, other than your mother, I really don't know anybody else that's been, you know, side by side with you for as long as I have. I don't know if I ever saw you experience, like, racism or that type of behavior any more than I did that day, but it wasn't me experiencing it from the cop. It was me. It was you telling me about it. Does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, me growing up in Brooklyn, you know, New York and the projects, it, it, you saw that because, you know, the police, yes, in some instances, they were fearful. A lot of them, some of them were fearful. Okie dokie. He hung up on me. And that. Maybe not. I'm sorry. Nope, you're still there. You dropped out for a second. Get a better cell phone. It's all right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> um, Are you, you know, using the kayfabe phone? And, well, yes, I have four of those. 
I have to make sure that uh, Bully, everything is, is going correctly. <laughs> especially, especially when when Mark sends me things and and I just you know I can't hey, help babe. but you know. Anyway, uh, purple rain. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, no, but um, you know, <laughs> it, it was it's it's one of those things where you know I understand some of the fear and this and that and blah 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 that comes to. I think whether you're black, Latino, white, it doesn't matter when you're a police officer. Uh, Yikes, Devon, you keep dropping out on us. I th- I think you're hitting the mute button like Heyman does. Yeah, don't don't walk around the house. No, you're you're kind of dropping in and out on us. One more shot at this. If if it doesn't work, I'm gonna have to let you go. I'm gonna have to wish you best of luck in your future endeavors. Stop walking around the house, man. (laughs) Chill out. Listen, I've I've heard that. I've heard that one before. (laughs) Okay, keep going. All right. you know, I, I get it that some officers, you know, again, like I said, you know, you know, whether you're black, white, you know, Latino, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you always have that fear of, of probably once you walk out that door, never coming home, you know, but that's a chance that you take when you decide to, you know, basically, you know, put police the, the area that you're doing and, you know, making sure that, you know, justice should be done, you know, with all. But. I don't understand, you know, again, some of the actions that are taken by some people that look at a race of people and basically just decide that they're all criminals, they're all this and that and blah, blah, blah. They're not good citizens, and that's wrong, and that's something that shouldn't be done. I had a very good friend of mine, very good friend, my first wife. Um, She was uh, good friends with someone who was on the police force in New Rochelle. Uh, His name was John Delano. And basically, um, he used to come over to the house and, and you know, just, you know, eat and, 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 and just have fun. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds. Anfield has a Bitter rivalries and so much more. There's nothing like a Derby Day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. Devon Dudley talking about everything going on in the world today. Devon, you were telling us a story about your friend John Delano. Delano, want to finish up that story and and move on with some pro wrestling talk. So, uh, what's the rest of the story? Yeah, well, you know, again, we were good friends and all of that with our families and stuff. And then uh, three friends of mine uh, called me and said, hey, listen, we got a ticket to the New York Knicks game at the Garden. Do you want to go? And I said, yeah. So, you know, we went. As we coming back uh, into the show, there was a uh, uh, like a little pier area uh, where, you know, where we all used to hang out and just, you know, have a good time and what happened when we were kids. And we just went by there to see what was going on. And, of course, there was a cop car there. And as we start to pull out, because, you know, we saw that nobody was there. The cop car comes run, run up behind us. I'm in the back seat, and I was, like, half asleep because I had to get up. I worked at the post office at the time, and uh, I had to the 2 a.m. Uh, uh, to be at, at work. Uh, basically, um, the cop pulled us over, and it was John. And I'm in the back seat laying down, and, and all of a sudden, I start to get up. John has the flashlight. He's flashing it into the, uh, to the car. 
And he goes, what are you boys doing? And uh, we're just like, what? And I was like, oh, hey, John, it's, it's Steve-On. He goes, oh, hey, what are you doing back there? Why are you laying down? And I looked at him and I said, what? I was like, John, it's me, Devon Hughes. Remember, you and my wife, your wife and my wife are friends. We, our kids and all that. He was like, yeah, 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 wh- whatever. Wh- what are you doing back there? What are you hiding back there? And it, it just, it took me back. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? You know, mm. and I remember going back uh, to my wife at the time. And I said, you know, you'll never believe what happened on the way home. And I said, what the hell is wrong with John? I said, why would he even act like that or say that, you know? And then it came about, say, I think three or four years later, um, he was uh, arrested uh, for raping one of the dispatchers who happened to be African-American. Him and uh, another uh, colleague of his uh, who was white as well and calling her racial slurs and all of that. The woman was scared to say anything and actually uh, went public uh, with the violation, and he got arrested, suspended, and served, I think, at least two or three years in jail for it. Wow. That's a crazy story, especially to have a uh, a friend as close as him completely uh, like do a 180 on you and pretend to not know you, and I, I guess situations like that, I will never know what a situation like that feels like. Um, but, Devon, listen, thank you very much for coming on today. I know you haven't spoke about this at all. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us on Busted Open with me and Mark. Uh, stay safe, you and your family. Uh, keep up the good work backstage at WWE, and uh, take care. We'll talk to you later. You got it, guys. Take care. Thank take it you. easy, man. Remember, Purple Rain. All right. Purple Rain. Not stop it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> One day, Mark. One day we're gonna tell that story. But hey, not today. Make, make but not sure today. <laughs> or you will be. Okay, so here we go. Now, tough guy. Tough guy. Mr. Know it all about the women's division. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the other day, in all seriousness, the other day you tweeted out. Last Friday, you and Dave were talking about Charlotte. You said that Charlotte should be known as the King of Kings. You basically put Charlotte up there. Queen of Queens. Queen of Queen, the King of Kings. You put her up there at the top of the pedestal, which I agree with. Here's my problem. My problem wasn't with you. My problem was with Dave. Dave said, let me go back. I tweeted you and I said, I agree. Charlotte is my number one. But I believe that if Sasha and Asuka were given the same opportunities that Charlotte has earned, I'm not going to say Charlotte was given. I'm going to say Charlotte was earned, that Charlotte earned. If, if Asuka and Sasha got those opportunities also, I could make a case for those two women being the queen of queens and the king of kings also. Dave chimed in and he said, no, Charlotte is head and shoulders above the rest of the women. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that there is that far a gap between number one and number two? Do you believe that Charlotte is head and shoulders in the ring better than the other women? No. And I'm not throwing Dave under the bus, and I'm not going to do like Dave did me that day and attack 
his buddy, his friend, his comrade, mm-hmm. 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 brother from another mother. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. But mm-hmm. what I am going to say is this. Every time that I've ever started talking about the women's division, I've always held Oscar at a very high regard, very high regard. And it takes two to tango. But I also say it like this. Charlotte has all the pieces. And not that all that there's anyone else that doesn't, but experience plays a big factor in Charlotte being who she is as well. And experience being on the grandest stage of them all is where I give Charlotte that nod. Also, that being said, when you start talking about distance, um, it's the, the distance is not very far because the, the, the upper epsilon uh, of women, which there's about six of them, I think, that we named uh, before. And then the next six is really, really good. And then we have the next six women. This didn't exist. There was a time when there was only one or two in a territory on a, on a, on a show. Now you have probably 25 to 30 women that could carry their own show. If you put all the women on one show, they could, they could have a show. You could run it, and it could be really, really good. So with that being said, you would have to, you'd have to say, Bully, that you always have one that's kind of held above and beyond. When Steve Austin was Steve Austin, that's what it was. When The Rock had his time, it was his time. When Hogan had his time, it was his time. Taker and, and, and Sean, you can go on. So uh, I think Charlotte is the principal. But when Rocky and Austin were running neck and neck, could you say that Austin was head and shoulders above everybody else? No. Or could no. you say that Rocky was head and shoulders above everybody else? No. Not at all. And that was my problem with Dave's comment. He said that Charlotte was head and shoulders. And I think that that's a kick in the ass to Sasha and Asuka, especially Sasha. Because I think Sasha is an extremely close second when it comes to in-ring work rate. I see. I know what I see with my own eyes. And I know if you want to look at standout matches, I could make an argument for Sasha has more standout matches than Charlotte does. When I think of when I think of head and shoulders above the rest, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm not even thinking about wrestling. Do you remember a horse named Secretariat? Yes. Do you remember the, the lengths at which Secretariat would win its rate its horse race? Seven, eight lengths. I think they, he, he won That's the head and shoulders. Correct. That's like there's a definitive number one, and number two is not even in the shot. That's how great number one is. Right. And that's what Secretariat was. So when I look at the women's division, I agree. Charlotte, number one. I've been saying it for a long, long time. But Sasha and Asuka, man, if given the opportunities, I think could be nipping at her heels. Once again, the other night, we got another great match between uh, Charlotte and Asuka. 
obviously at the end they did the whole thing with Nia and the run in with Oscar. I would have loved to have seen a clean match, but uh, I, I know I know they did you know what they did and why. Let me ask you this: a couple of people on social media chimed in and said. Sasha has been given those opportunities and she never does anything with the opportunities. Do you have a take on that? that? I don't, I don't believe that. I, 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 listen, all you got to do is go back and watch, uh, Sasha and Bailey, watch Sasha and Oscar, watch, uh, Sasha and Rhonda. Like the shit, the match that, 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 uh, Sasha had with, with Rhonda, Shit, that could have been on the that could have been on WrestleMania. That match was unbelievable. And you talk about the psychology and using her wrestling gear to grapevine through her mouth and to keep her from man. I I, I was like, man, this is some this is some grown up woman stuff. This is hell. This was grown man couldn't match some that match. That was the best match on that show with all the guys. And if you can go back and look at it, that's that's what you'll see. So, yeah, I, I, Sasha is great. And I don't think that she squandered any opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I think that the younger women coming up, the Bianca Belairs and the Rhea Ripley's of the world, like, they're, they're on the way. They're on the way. The Calvary's coming. But... The, the top six women, especially the top three and four, like you, you, you can't deny them. They're, they're not, they're not so far apart that, uh, and then you, you, you can say Rhonda too. You throw Rhonda's not in wrestling right now, but if she came back tomorrow, what would be the biggest news in pro wrestling? The return Male of Ronda or female. Yes, sir. So, there, there's there's options. There's things that can be done, and it, it's closer than you think. You brought up Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Uh, those two girls, in my eyes right now, two women are running neck and neck as, you know, working their way up the card and going to be, you know, superstars. But let me ask you this. If you had the pencil in your hand and you had to write for only one of those women, who would it be and why? Uh, if I had to choose one, you know what? I would say Rhea Ripley first because Rhea's already been champion multiple times. She's been in there with the Charlottes and Bailey's and Sasha's of the world. Um, I I think that she she has crossover appeal. And if I'm trying to put asses in seats, I'm going to use that. And Bianca had, she, she had an unbelievable match with Charlotte. And she's had some unbelievable interactions with the other women. But it's a small sample size. I need to see more of her in the ring with the best people at a championship capacity before I start saying, okay, put the strap on her. But you know how I feel about Bianca. It's, it's, Bianca is one of mine. It's only going to validate me, too, when she gets that championship, which she will get it. Everybody that I've touched has been champion now, with Apollo being uh, champion. So, I mean, I, maybe I should help out a little bit more. 
you, you should be a manager. Without a doubt. You should be backstage. Everybody that I touch turns to gold. There it is. Put it on a t-shirt. Start selling it. Just give me my 15%. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to choose Bianca Belair. Because when I look at the two women side by side, I see the same athletic ability. I might even have to give the edge to Bianca because, as you know, an, in, an incredible athlete, incredible athlete. I think I'm going to give the edge to Bianca because of personality and it factor. I think Rhea has the it factor. I think Bianca has a little bit more of the it factor. And I think that Bianca could make you love her, hate her, laugh and cry all in the same segment. I think she's got that kind of range. Yeah. I'm not sure I see that range from Rhea yet. Um, and that's why I would go with that. All right. Good discussion about the women. Uh, me and you can agree that Dave is wrong. Correct. <laughs> You're such a bastard. <laughs> Thank Why you. do you always? I work wanna... hard at it. I work hard at it. <laughs> you are the best. <laughs> I, I would have to say that at this point, that Dave is Dave is wrong on this. Um, the the distance is not drastically super far. Um, if you're going to put it in the miles, uh, I think that that Sasha uh, that Sasha's probably one mile behind. Uh, she's not, that's all, she's that's not all five fine miles behind. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy. I just wanted but to you hear just you say Dave to, is wrong. Dave is wrong. But bless his heart. Boxing, culture, lifestyle. The Yakin Barak Show. Floyd Mayweather a while back was kind of discrediting young fighters that are calling Manny out. And that's what Floyd's about. That's why Floyd fought Conor McGregor. Because it's business. It's about making the biggest payday. All these fighters want to fight each other. But there's a reason they're calling out Manny, and you can't blame him, especially after the win he had against Keith Thurman, man. It's a business, man. It's prize fighting. Weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. What's your take on Apollo real quick, being champion? I love Apollo being champion. Uh, I've always said, and I've not only said it to... Um, to, to him, but I've said on this program, I would love to see him be more aggressive. And the small sample size of him being overly aggressive, I think is what got him his shot. Uh, I think that the smile should disappear really fast. I don't Quickly. mind him. I don't mind him smiling. I don't. It's, it's, it's radiant. It's bright. It, it gets your attention. But as soon as he walks through those ropes, it should be one of those completely different guy. Hateful, Mark. disrespectful. Like, I mean, just a, just a razor blade edge of a guy. And it, once we get that guy, then we get a guy that you can put in there with anybody. Mark, what was the... What was the Denzel movie where he played the 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 drug the drug lord? Oh man! Um, Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Somebody's. <sighs> Damn it! Do you remember what I'm talking about? When he played like Frank um, Frank something? Original gangster. American gangster. American gangster. American gangster. American. Remember in American Gangster, Denzel never really smiled, but when he did, he would say. My man. And when he smiled and said, my man, you knew your ass was dead. 
Yeah. That should be Apollo. Because Apollo's got a great smile. But when Apollo smiles at you now, that's when you know he's going to turn it on to the next level. That's when you know that if he smiles, that means he's going to kick your ass. I'd love that. I would love that, man. And, you know, it's... We all we both know that we go out there and we do what we're told. You know, like, you know, the the people that have course blanche to go out there and, and be you, then it's you're different. I was able to get a promo and they say, Hey Mark, we trust you. You say whatever you want to say. Because you know as we're talking here right now, if you said, Mark, cut a promo about a grape, I'm gonna go off for a minute about how dangerous a grape could be. If you don't chew it well and you swallow it, it will kill you. Like, you got to be able to translate whatever information and make it mean something. Everybody can't do that. But I do think that Apollo has the ability. It's just he's got to get the green light. He's going out there and doing the promos that he's given and not making them him. And until he does that... Uh, I, I I don't see him being uh, Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley until he does. I almost choked on a piece of cantaloupe at midnight. Um, <laughs> you would have been hosting today. Um, one of the, <laughs> one of the the hot topics in the news, and me and Dave talked about it, was the WWE quote unquote banning the buckle bomb. Um, I have my opinion on the move. I gave an extensive breakdown of it. Um, I'd like to get your take on it. Um, do you think that the WWE should have banned the move? Are you happy about it? Are you not happy about it? Do you, are you passionate about it? What do you got? I'm, I mean, listen, I'm fine with it, man. Uh, I was more, um, I guess the, the power driver was the one that, um, I felt like really should have been banned because guys weren't baby all get tired late in the match and you could slip. And, you know, some, it was such a devastating move too, that people were using it as a high spot, just like a DDT. They, that DDT was over and they, they just prostituted it. But uh, anyway, that's another story. But um, the buckle bomb, the, the, the spine is not meant to, to bend that way. Um, you know, a lot of people have been able to do it to where they throw it high and people can put their underarms on the ropes and absorb some of that energy. But now people want to do it in the middle of buckle or on the bottom buckle. And you, the spine just doesn't bend that way. And even if you do it right, it could be wrong. So, um, yeah, I'm comfortable with it being gone. What you just said is very important. Even when you do it right, it can go wrong. Case in point, when Seth gave it to Sting, Sting took that move perfectly. I watched Sting take the buckle bomb a couple of times, and, I, and, you, and I, you can't see where things go wrong. But when you're dealing with the spine, man, it can be a centimeter. Mm, and, mm, and like mm. you said, the spine is absorbing the brunt of the energy, not your entire back. Like when you learn how to take bumps, when you take a bump, all of the energy is dispersed across every last square inch of your back. 
Buckle bomb, not the same thing. Now, I, I put up a poll on social media. I wanted to get the opinion of the nation and fans around the world about how they felt about the buckle bomb being banned. Most of them were in agreement, but a lot of people commented on it saying, don't ban the buckle bomb, ban Naya. Because people were associating the buckle bomb with Nia Jax. A lot of people are starting to question Nia and whether or not she's safe, whether or not she can do these moves properly. You're on the scene over there, Mark. You speak with a lot of the talent. You see what I see. What do you think about the mistakes that have been happening with Nia a bit more frequently than anybody else. I believe that you should never put somebody in a situation where they are out of control. If I shot you in the corner or in a turnbuckle, I should shoot you, give you a little bit. But if anybody was going to give you a lot, I can do it. But I never did. I don't need to prove anything. And I want everybody that goes into a match with me to come out better than they did when they went into it. And the story that I, I saw on social media yesterday um, was that she put too much mustard shooting Kyrie Sang into the stairs and she was out of control and she hit her face on the, on the stairs. Split open pretty good. And uh, if it was indeed her, her, her fault, I would like to talk to her and uh, see how you can not make that happen again if I was one of the powers that be. But do we know that it was her fault? This, what we're seeing and hearing comes from the Internet. I don't believe shit that comes from the Internet unless... It's been corroborated by multiple sources. So I, I didn't see it. Well, I saw the match, but and I saw her get shot into the stairs, but they they edited it. That, that match was edited down. So I didn't see the full concentration of, of what happened. We didn't see the blood that was spilled out on the floor and they, them having to come in and uh, wipe the blood away. So I, I don't think the... I don't think the blood is the important part, Mark, and I didn't mean to cut you off, sorry. Uh, I don't think the blood is the important part. I think the important part is the way Nia grabbed Carrie by the back of the head. What you were just explaining before is if anybody could shoot you in hard, it would be you. Any of us can shoot the other guy into a turnbuckle or to the stairs really hard where they trip themselves up and they can't take right. their own bump. If you want right. to see what that actually looks like, go back and watch WrestleMania 17. Watch the Godfather shoot Taz into the ropes. Godfather was pissed off at Taz that night, shoots him in so hard that Taz just trips up over himself, could barely hit the ropes, and then comes back into a stiff clothesline. We can do that to one another. The other night, the way Nia grabbed Carrie by the back of the head, just with sheer size, just with sheer force, momentum, Carrie's head was down. So if you have a woman the size and strength of Nia taking a woman the size and strength of Carrie and begin the movement of pushing somebody forward with their head already down, the body 
is going to follow the head. Right. Now, I don't know if it was Carrie's fault of having her head down already or if Nia's force pushed Carrie's head down. But you can see it. You could see to a degree what you were explaining. The force of shooting Carrie into the stairs, I don't think Carrie was able to take her own bump. Right. And and, and that being said, I I just like you, Bully, have owned my mistakes. And I've made some. Um, but I'll be the first one to go on social media and say, listen, I made a mistake. I did something wrong. Uh, maybe that should be the course of action. Maybe Nia should, you know, come on and say, listen, in the heat of battle, stuff got out of hand. I put a little bit too much mustard on it. I apologize to Kyrie saying, but I have to say this. I go out there with the intent on being the best female wrestler in the world. And the next time we touch, I will beat her again. You can always go go away from wrestling and then back to wrestling. You always have to take it back to wrestling. And the people on the internet that are roasting and, and, and criticizing her, you have no idea what an athlete in that ring goes through. And you want to make sure that everybody's safe, but accidents do happen. That's why we have a disclaimer at the beginning of every show. Do not try this at home. It is dangerous, and these are hired and paid professionals. And when even if the professionals do it and it goes wrong, what do you think will happen to you? I don't think people realize that when you get to a certain level in pro wrestling, you need to have surgical-like precision because it comes down to centimeters and seconds of which um, really bad things can happen and how difficult it truly is to do what wrestlers at the highest of levels um, do, or even, even at the lowest of levels, because you have to do it safely. You talked about Nia possibly taking to social media um, to own up to a mistake that she may have made. When she gave Carrie that buckle bomb into the second turnbuckle, which, as you said earlier, I don't know how it's hard to do it safely into all three turnbuckles, let alone with going into the second buckle first after that buckle bomb, which looked really dangerous. I got to say she took the social media and she basically doubled down on it and said, that's what happens when you get in a ring with a woman like me. I just, I am not a fan of the move because I don't think the reward pays off the risk and here's my biggest problem with the move. It don't mean shit. Who is no. the last person who won a wrestling match with the buckle bomb? And I doubt if it ever happened. Yeah, I don't think it I don't think it has. Maybe it happened think, at Joe's championship wrestling in Sheboygan, but it never happened on Monday <laughs> Night Raw. Bully, I think that is more impactful to shoot somebody into the turnbuckle face first. And then when they're selling right there. To waist lock them or front, like post them in the front and raise them up and let them hit it forward where you can snap your head back and and go into a finishing maneuver that way. Now you it took three things to beat you. 
Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Last night, you were on WWE backstage. Um, Renee asked Punk how he felt about the current situation in the world. He gave very, I'm not going to say very emotional. He gave an emotional answer, and he had to give it while you and Booker were on the air with him. Um, two very strong, opinionated men when it comes to the, the state of the world today. How did you feel about Punk's answer? And, and black men, might I add, like the... Booker and I both, we don't always have the same views on everything because just because we're both black, we don't. But I thought Punk did a good job in the sense that he did not allow himself to be the voice of reason for uh, the, the, the black audience. He said from his standpoint, look, I'm a white guy. I don't feel like it's my place to say how black people feel. I can tell you how I feel. And he talked about the first tattoo that he saw being uh, a Holocaust survivor, which was his grandfather. And when you talk about the Holocaust, you talk about slavery, like there are some parallels, but there's still some differences. But there's both unbelievably horrible atrocities. And I, I, I love punk in the sense that he stands up and he said that I would rather see people get along and communicate better than do all this fighting. And how that's going to happen is going to be about leadership. And he, uh, Booker and I both are all said that we thought that communication is going to have to be the main thing in that uh, to make everything better. In the past year, uh, Cody Rhodes did um, a Q and a with some media and they were talking about diversity within AEW and Cody had mentioned that he had mentioned to Brandy. Well, I, I believe he was referencing when I, yeah, I was there. Black, uh, oh, okay. When I look at a black person, I don't see color. And right. this this sentence, this term, this vernacular, I don't see color, has come under uh, come under fire lately because the black community, I believe, has been saying, "Well, if you say you don't see color, that means you can't you you, you can't see the sh you know what I've been through. But you can't empathize." Okay, tell me why I don't see color is not the right thing to say. Okay, well, first, let me tell you what happened after that. Brandy said to Cody, then we don't see things the same because I do see color. And I told you, when I hear people say, I don't see color, I say, well, then if you don't see color, then we don't see it correctly. Because I do see color. I just don't give a shit. If you're a good man, good woman, to me, 
it doesn't matter what color you are. And that being said, you to be able to to um, take somebody's side on something, you have to recognize that there is a difference and there is some pain there. There's nothing wrong. Like you, you can say, man, I I I know the difference between blue and green. I know the difference. I just don't care. If if you're good to me, and I find you to be respectful, because I've had it the other side, where, say it was you, I got a friend named Bill, white guy, and he's like, man, that that, that Bill, man, he real cool, man. Like, what, you think he wasn't going to be because he's white? I'm going to stand up for him because that's my friend against anybody, any color. And that's what I'm asking white America to do. Stand up and, and, and for your friend. If that's your friend, stand up for him, even when it's uncomfortable. It's not a war against your friendship. It's just really, really bad and really, really painful to put your friend of color in a situation where that as soon as he leaves, that person is going to talk bad about him behind their back because your ass won't stand up and say, hey, that's not that's not cool. That's what that's what I, I feel when I when I hear the I don't see color. Do you do you find it offensive? Like if I was having a conversation with somebody and I said, yeah, you know, my friend Mark Henry, black guy that, that I wrestled with, that's offensive, right? If I say Mark Henry, comma, black guy, why do I have to refer to you as a black guy, right? You know what? I think you being descriptive is telling somebody who that person is. Uh, I don't look at it as being... Uh, derogatory. I just look at it as being unnecessary. If you're talking about me and you say bully Ray to a person who doesn't know me, are you I'm saying, white, are you saying you white, guy? white? So if I'm you're not, not referencing me you. as white, why should I reference you as black? That's why when I was talking about you and Booker, I didn't refer to you guys as strong black men. I just said strong men, but then you corrected me and you threw in black. So I kind of look at that as like a weird two way street. As it related to the story, of Punk saying that he was a white guy that felt this way about this situation. That's that's why I referenced it like that. Uh, I personally don't care. The guy that that raised me from the time that I was uh, 19 till he died last year was a white guy. Like you know, there, there's people that are that are as close to family to me as my original family that are of different ethnicities, not just white, but Hispanic, Indian. So I can't, I can't allow that, um, that negativity to, to, to follow me. I, I believe in love for everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.